recorder when I was a tween And in retrospect all those recordings were obscene But now I'm an adult and I can laugh at myself Why not play them for someone else? These are the tapes and I hope you enjoy A slice of nostalgia through the ears of a boy Travel back in time with a familiar sound Let's all get lost and rewound Lost and Rewound, episode 10, The Zaniest of the Zones Featuring special guests Claire and Tyler from The Awkward Phase Welcome friend, my name is Alon I'm Melissa. And I'm Doug. And this is Lost and Rewound. We have a fantastic episode for you this go-around. If this is your first time listening, allow me to break it down for you. When I was in middle school during the mid-90s, I carried a handheld tape recorder with me almost everywhere I went. These recordings were called the Danziger Zone, and they collected dust for nearly two decades. Now it has fallen on us as a collective to listen with fresh ears and provide commentary as we dive into the rough and raw sounds of old media, specifically that of the cassette tape, and certainly more than just my own output. Ultimately, we hope to achieve absolute humility as we come to grips with our youth and attempt to connect the dots between then and now. Let's begin. back welcome back to lost and rewound my name is doug i'm here with alan say hi alan hi and melissa oh hey and lucy the dog say hi lucy the dog yeah of course lucy doesn't do anything interesting when we put a microphone in front of her face lucy's very quiet today but anyways if you hear a dog noise at some point during this episode that's just a dog don't worry about it we're here recording at melissa's in astoria this evening and uh, long island city there's a difference there's a okay. difference I just got schooled. <laughs> Got to get your Queens neighborhoods right. We're we, we're in wild exotic Queens this month. With for... Un- unfortunately, my apartment is being renovated in some weird way that I don't completely understand. That means I no longer have to pay my gas bill. That so, works. so I'm all for it. So At we're reco- sixteen dollars. You don't have to pay every two months. Exactly. So <laughs> it's worth it to uh, venture out into wherever I am in Queens to record this episode. Yeah. We're pleased to be joined via Google Hangout by Tyler and Claire of the Awkward Phase, all the way from Chicago and New Orleans. Um, say hello. Hello. We're here. Good. Hello. Now I don't know what to do. Say, now you don't. <laughs> now you don't know what to do. Now, uh, now I know how Alon feels right, right, when he's yeah. in charge of this. So, one of you guys, either Tyler or Claire, real quick, tell us a little bit about the project and what you guys do and what your thing is. Yes, of course. So here, you know, the Awkward Phase. We tell people that it's about owning awkwardness but really it's about i mean that is what it's about but it's more about having fun and not being depressed it's just about celebrating your awkwardness (laughs) and you can do that we have a tumblr for it where people will send in photos and stories of their awkward phase and it just everybody's awkward phase looks so different and can be at different times in their life and we've learned a lot about that through it What's the URL for your Tumblr if somebody does want to check it out or submit a story? Theawkwardphase.tumblr.com. So T H E. Spelled out all three words, the awkward phase. 
Exactly. Awkward's kind of a hard word to spell sometimes, I think. There's at least one W in there. I think that always throws me I off. I think there's two, and Doug and I have discussed previously the fact that we're both <laughs> atrocious spellers. And right? awkward is one of those words I consistently misspell. What I will say is, is that with all the different entries that are on the site, the fact that everyone has a different awkward phase, and it doesn't matter what age they are. It could be from when they were eight years old, from anywhere from like 18 years old. Uh, and so it shows that there's never one age where people uh, growing up get get that awkward phase. They sort of live it at different times of growing up, which is really sort of humbling. Yeah, that's one of the things that we really, really push is we want it to be a celebration of who you were. By no means do we just want to make fun of that person. It wants We want it to be like, look how awesome I was or how brave or incredibly weird I was instead of just making fun of them or being like, look how ugly I was and now I'm hot. Yeah, we would <laughs> never, never, never do that. I mean, and sometimes we have gotten people that gave us those type of submissions and we want people to express themselves, but also we're like, you know, okay, that's cool, but... Like, we're glad you feel better, but you don't need to go that far into telling us no. how great you are. The and usually when we say, like, you just need to put a more positive spin on it, and an easy way to say it is, what would you want to tell that person now? Usually with just that direction, it kind of shapes up, because I think our gut, and I'm sure if I wrote... For the project, my gut would be like, wasn't that crazy? <laughs> like, but wasn't I an awful 13-year-old? Really good we shot. also had someone who turned in a submission about his obsession and just deep and dear love for Madonna. Hmm. And he actually performed a lip-sync version of her song at his bar mitzvah. Oh, wow. And there's a video of it. He was on a few different websites and things like that doing the, bar- the dance, voguing. That's Did he like do a full Vogue? So I, I, so, watch- oh, I, I do that with the Lady Gaga. You have to watch it. His you name have is to Stone watch the video. Kid. Tyler and I are never going to be able to explain to you how magical it is. No. We I need to take a step back. Video. What year did this bar mitzvah occur? I want to say, I don't know. Early 80s? Okay, so the video well, is has be been kept <laughs> since the early 80s. It's not uh, a recent video. Jealous. No, it's not recent. It's he wonderful. was like 13, and now he's about, you know, in his late 20s because he's my friend probably but no he's probably like 30 or something but the thing about his video it's like you guys have to watch it we used to embed it in all our emails to people we would just send them that video because i love that he's shameless enough to just share that and let it exist in the world and be exactly well and that's over like a million views on youtube he did that when he was a teenager and he has madonna screen printed on his shirt it's amazing but Anyway, he could have hidden that video or burned it or whatever, but instead he did show it. And then, long story short, he's a motivational speaker now. He actually got to meet Madonna, sing with her because of all this other stuff and go on Ellen. Like, he got to do that because he owned it. And it's, you know, some stuff can be really traumatic for people. And if you own it, then you have a chance to do something really cool, I think. And uh, mm-hmm. there is also a live component to the Awkward Face project, correct? Yes, we yes. do a live show each month. You exactly. give a, a venue online for individuals to share their experiences. And for that, uh, I mean, you certainly have tapped into a, a secret shamelessness that doesn't have a venue. And so when you manifest that and put it into a live performance... Do you feel like it's even to an even higher degree when they perform live? Like it's like they've re- they've absolved themselves in some way. And it seems ultimately cathartic. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think on both platforms, it definitely lends to that and gives people an opportunity to tell their story and own it. And especially, I don't know which one. It's interesting because I think some people do better when they can just write it down and let it be. And then some people definitely thrive, like doing it live or telling it in a different way besides just written word. But both are very cathartic and we've been so lucky. We had no idea what kind of space we were creating for people when we started it. It's really hard for people. One of my best friends, I keep, she has all these amazing awkward photos that she will show me, but she said, you can't use them. She's like, I'm not over it. It's really something that some people are still going through. So we've seen these performers kind of not like once in a lifetime performance, but it's like, you're not going to see them do that again. You know, it's like they got it out. It was once in a lifetime in the literal sense, maybe not in the in the sense of this is a meteor shower that you're only going to see once in a lifetime. <laughs> right, um, exactly. How long has the, the live show uh, been going? Oh, geez, Tyler, has it been since June? Yeah, it's about June. I, I can't do that math. For love of anything, I could not do that math. How, how long has, the, how long has the, uh, the site been up for altogether? When, yeah, how did this project get started? Did how, what was the origin genesis? Has the Story, and let me tell you about it. So cute. Like, so great. Claire and I worked at um, this place in Chicago in, in Hyde Park, and Claire still works there now. And I ne- I'll never forget, or maybe I'll forget later, but I remember it now that Claire was the first person that I met. We both went into to training on the same day. Mm-hmm. And Claire was the first person I met, and she's from Nebraska, and I'm from Florida. So it's like, it's really weird, because when you see someone from Florida, I'm always like just instantly connected to them. And I feel like that's the same with Nebraska for her. Yes. (laughs) We worked in different parts of where we were working. And then we ended up. (laughs) So we came back together. And then Claire and I were sitting in our break room, which I feel like it's a padded break room. Um, It's like really weird carpeting. And it's really sad. And so we saw a tweet about. Chronicle Books having a competition for the Great Tumblr book search. And I'm a really big Twitter head, so I was like, we got to do this. And then we brainstormed some ideas, and we chose the awkward phase because we both connected to it and thought it could be a kind of more universal than, like, crazy mom hair, which was one of our other one ideas. One of our big ideas. <laughs> Although I do think that would make a great Tumblr, full of nothing but just weird, awkward mom haircuts. We want to do something positive, for sure, because... Exactly. I'm sure this is universal, but I know in the Chicago scene, which is what I just know better, is that it can steer towards cynical pretty easily. If, if I may just so jump... So we just wanted to counter that with just a positive vibe. Yeah, because what you're doing is it seems as if the big difference between that and the aforementioned other tumblers is, is that this is more than just images. We're in an image-obsessed world, but with the words and the images, it's a lot more thought-provoking and more substantive than just an image and hey look at how funny this person is right right so you we've gotten that feedback a lot from yeah. different um people that we've dealt with from the kind of not business aspect of it but kind of more feedback on what it is as a product it's like they don't want to see people that are making fun of other people because that just doesn't feel good it's the you internet you can find that anywhere there's enough of that yeah it's one of the good re- things about tumblr that it doesn't have comments 
Exactly. Oh my goodness. I couldn't handle the comment section. I now, can't handle any comment sections anywhere. Now, how long, so how long ago was this, Tyler, that, that this happened? This was uh, like a few years ago that, that this competition happened? No, this was this March. This is March. Oh, wow. Okay. So this, this is was recent. March. Yeah, this was very recent. And the thing about it is um, we saw, we entered and we had three posts and one of them was kind of a before and after kind of about, oh, I was awkward and now I'm cute. But they were both cute photos, you know, that's so so stupid. But, and then another one, I can't remember. And then the third one was Claire and her picnic costume with the sexy cats. I don't know if what? you have some For Halloween <laughs> one year, I just, I just didn't get the memo. I was probably 14 and all of my friends showed up to my house as sexy kitties. And mm -hmm. I had dressed myself as a picnic table. And there's just this wonderful picture of me being so unaware, so unaware that it was a problem. I'm giving like the double thumbs up. I've got a middle part. <laughs> and I just think we're all on the same page. <laughs> and I just wrote a little something about like how I salute that person and how I'm proud of her. That's great. And it was so funny and touching. And then the, you know, we were chosen as finalists and they were like, you all, we had a lot of discussion, but they were like, it's really strong that, you guys put the um, positivity to it and you have to focus on that because, and cultivate that. So that's kind of what we did. I'm so glad Claire dressed as a picnic. I mean, I'm forever thankful. <laughs> I don't have a picture of it to share, but it just made me think of, uh, I think like an eighth grade Halloween party where it was a Halloween party, but no one else wore a costume and I was the only one who showed up in a costume. And I was the, yeah. I was the Hawaiian punch guy. So I had a big red, like, uh, like moose hat looking thing. And uh, yeah, only one in a costume. Oh, <laughs> I remember that from middle school too. Whenever Halloween would roll around, it was all very political and about like who dressed up, who didn't, like what parties were costume parties. The... I don't, I just assumed that it was a costume party because it was a Halloween party. Actually, the most, I was wrong. The most awkward Halloween for me easily was the year that I deliberately did not get dressed up in a costume. And it was in seventh grade when I had started a new school and so I was coming back onto familiar territory, going into town. Uh, I grew up in Woodstock, New York, and a peaceful town, but, you know, full of plenty of mischievous kids, uh, you know, like to do the egging and all that good stuff with the toilet paper and everything. And I thought, oh, man, I should totally do that. And it was the most miserable evening of any Halloween I could ever think of. What I was, was so wrong with it? Did you get arrested or? I no, I had egg in my hair. I was just I was completely You did not roll. So, wait, you did not do the egging. You got egged? I thought I could be a part of it, but I was a target. Oh, pretty you got, you got oh, first. You yeah. got egged. Yeah, I got egged pretty badly. Your friends turned on you and egged you? I don't know who I would call them friends per se no, well, not anymore there. certainly <laughs> yeah and I, I call them people that i knew in the ranks of uh, woodstock that i wasn't going to school anymore i was sort of the i i, I was the escapee was is that makes or i the was scapegoat I'm, yes, <laughs> refugee <laughs> a refugee yep. thank you i was a refugee that's the right word a private school uh a public school refugee uh now in private school so it's like oh that kid he's a dork let's egg him kind of thing we won't see him on monday oh, he's yeah. out so, uh, that, but that's so uh, you guys have been doing this now so only for like uh, six months now, and the feedback has been positive. And you've been doing the live show since the summer, is that correct? Yeah, we started as a summer series and um, pitched it to the annoyance, and they are home base. So, 
And the Anoint is actually moving locations right now. So we haven't been able to be there, but they're hoping to open back up in January. And we we're just so excited to get rolling with them in the new space. And they just opened a new space in New York, too. Describe the annoyance. What is the annoyance? The, the annoyance, you know, and this is the way that they would probably describe it, too. And it, it's just where the weirdos kind of go. It's where they do, they like a little bit more of experimental comedy than some of the other theaters in Chicago. They, their most famous, their longest running play was called... Oh, as soon as I try to reference something. Oh, co-ed prison sluts. And, um, you know, they do a lot of cool shows that you wouldn't find. They're, like, kind of grimy, but in the best possible way. It's a safe space to just kind of do whatever you want to do. And they definitely yeah. try to cultivate that. And that's why it was kind of perfect for us. We were looking at different venues and making the decision. And Annoyance just stood out to us as, like, the biggest judgment-free zone. And that's that's what it's all about. That's what we wanted to reflect. And we wanted people to feel like instantly good when they walked in. Where in New York did they open up a space? Um, speaking from the New York-centric mindset. <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head, but it... That's okay. Me. We'll find it. We uh, have the okay. internet. The Annoyance Theater in New York is out in Williamsburg off the L train on Union Avenue, which doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Yeah, seems perfect. Seems like the seems like the yeah seems and, perfect for and them. And the annoyance in Chicago is having a fundraiser of some kind right now. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. They're on Kickstarter, and they actually um, are giving away incredible prizes for what what is it when you on Kickstarter? I don't quite understand Kickstarter, but you can like claim prizes and right, they're like giving for, away tickets, handmade puppets. Yeah, for like each dollar amount you give, there's a it's like the when NPR does their annual thing and you call it and you get a coffee mug. Yeah, or a tote bag, but hopefully they're better than that uh, in this circumstance. Well, a cool thing that um, the annoyance is now, because I just was on their site, Ted Tremper, who performed at our at the Awkward Phase, and he's won a bunch of awards for videoing people, is giving some type of prize package if you donate a certain amount. And then Irene Marquette, who performed at the Awkward Phase too and talked about... Um, getting her period on a water slide i think that's what it was right but it was like yeah her pad like exploded out of water <laughs> oh okay no so, but like she took it but anyway she's like this great performer and she's like doing improv coaching so some people from the awkward phase have prizes up awesome there too well if you're listening to lost and rewound and you want to support the annoyance you can probably find a link to their kickstarter by going to our tumblr or the awkward phase tumblr or just Googling it, because that's how the internet works. Google is awesome. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a second with our first clip from this episode, uh, which I think is the first day of sixth grade. That's correct. Lost and Rewound. Do you want to be on Lost and Rewound? Do you have a Danziger zone of your own gathering dust in your parents' basement? Then send us your tapes. We want whatever you've got. From elementary school spelling bees to high school mixtapes, send it all to lostandrewound at gmail.com. Come on now, get embarrassed with us. The nature of our guests is uh, that we're here to celebrate awkwardness, and due to the fact that now here we are um, almost a year into doing this podcast, and it's been nothing but awkward clips for the most part, uh, mostly documenting the 
main meat of the uh, meal that was the Danziger Zone, the recordings that I had all throughout middle school. Sixth grade was where the majority of these clips uh, were in. And the first day of sixth grade has not been documented on this show until, until now. now. <laughs> Indeed. So let's throw it to the clip. Hello, this is Elon Danziger. And hi, we are outside. Apparently, I am a fuck hole. Is that what, what he I said? I was like, I must have misheard that. My heart dropped. No, part of the beauty of these tapes is um, certain f- moments, I guess, the best way to describe it, of puberty, pre adolescence, whatnot, or have been recorded for posterity. One of them, including learning new curse words for the first time and some of the interesting portmanteaus we came up with as children. Fuck I you, you motherfucking titty sucking two ball <laughs> bitch. Oh. Which episode was that? <laughs> well, that? That was uh, episode. One of the earlier episodes. That was... that was episode five. That was episode five. My mom's Kyle... gonna be so mad at you guys when she hears this. Yup. <laughs> oh, those foul mouth kids over in New York. Uh, you know, so, oh. but along with it just reminded me of like a teenage version of the Blair Witch Project. I was just like, didn't know what to expect next. <laughs> that was one of the more. Um, schizophrenic clips we've heard are disjointed. I think so, yeah. I loved it. Well, it's the first day of sixth grade. There's all this frenetic energy because sure. it's a, it's, first of all, it's the, the, you're the, now the oldest kid in the school. So now you own the school. And regardless of that, the fact is, is that it's recessed. So there's more than one grade that's there. It's fourth, it's fifth, and sixth grade. Um, the younger grades had their own. And then the older grades, it was, really just a sort of and a if, shit show if you're a lawn in this particular clip you also have sort of an angsty mix of sadness and dread happening you were saying that you're just concerned that something bad was going to happen and you hate when something bad happens yeah i 
I don't know what you're so afraid of. I don't know. I I mean, I don't really know either. Where I, my head at that point uh, was coming from having a crush on a girl in fifth grade that was mm. not reciprocated. So I just sort of washed my hands clean of that technically, but I still kind of had a crush on her anyway. I when this- I. And, what and what I, was she gonna do to you that was so bad that you were so scared? Oh no, I don't think it was her. I think it was just the fact that I've sort of I sort of sealed my fate in terms of the social rankings. Uh, that I was not a nerd, like you know the kids who were like at the absolute lowest of the totem pole. The kids I, that you beat up, right? No, I, I never beat up any kids really. Uh, just once in fourth grade. Thank and that, goodness. Yeah, Thank you. but but I wasn't like I wasn't not by any stretch of the means a popular kid. I was friends with both sides of the aisle. So uh, I was an independent. (laughs) That's actually one thing I remember very clearly too, from that period of grade school, the moment when you realize that some kids were cooler than other kids, or you started to develop sort of a social hierarchy and just sort of how severe it was in that sort of fifth, sixth, seventh grade ish window. Did you feel like it started that late? I felt like that was immediate. I feel like I knew right away. I I think what it was like there was I guess not necessarily the hierarchy but sort of the awareness of it and your own place within the hierarchy became I don't know more rigid by late elementary school other than just in like second third grade okay there were different groups of people everybody had their own friends yeah but every now and then you're like moms would force you to hang out with one another right so there's nothing you can do about it and you'd just be like I have nothing in common with like well I feel like in like earlier grades you could just change it so quickly I feel like I walked into kindergarten like I get it I'm not as cool as you guys I get it but then like if your dad or someone came at lunchtime to play with everybody, you were so cool for like two days. It was, yeah, but it was a lot more malleable. If you did a letter people exercise, you were done forever. I was went pulling to, from experience. I, I went to a school, uh, and this has been covered before, but or maybe it hasn't, that um, my school didn't contain a lot of the kids who I uh, acted in uh, plays with. A lot of the those kids went to another school. So there were... A, you know, a, a sort of a sprinkled amount of kids that were involved in theater at my school, which was a public school. Um, and so there were a lot of them there, but I just, I had a hard time connecting with a lot of other individuals because they were, most of the boys were into sports and then there were some other guys who I was friends with who were all into Magic the Gathering. And I just mm-hmm. couldn't wrap my head around that as much as I tried. So I wasn't quite geeky and I wasn't quite in athletic it felt like my interests were sort of squared in a different form or another that didn't uh, sort of get I, – I, I was like on my own basically with interests. Like I, I, I sort of – I met at a well, – well, I, I met at so video luck- games. So lucky that you had your tape recorder exactly. to be your uh, – uh, companion's the wrong word. Your confidant. Yeah. I met, I met everybody at video games and baseball and even just like the sort of the – Fair weather player, but um, video games really, I think, was really where it came down to in terms of that fine line that w- how do I connect with this person? Oh, yeah, let's go well, over to each com- other's houses and play com- Super Nintendo. It had the competitiveness of sports and the leveling up of Magic the Gathering. Yeah. And you put them together. It became the great equalizer. Did you guys ever, were you guys ever uh, into, uh, into video games at all as a kid? Like, was that like something that you found yourself into it all oh my goodness i didn't have anything but an atari 2600 <laughs> until i was 18 years old that's amazing did it have more than one game i don't even not even familiar with old school oh, atari I like had, that i still have my i have my atari I, I can see it from here i'm waving at it, it <laughs> i am awful at podcasts and 
we'll have to know. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I had plenty of games, super fun. I still rock at Frogger. I can stand <laughs> down in Frogger. Tyler? My life was just so super fun, I guess. I don't know. I never really got into video games, but I did beat... I always tell this story that I beat Pac-Man um, All-Stars. is the only game I've ever beaten. But I did play the duck shooting game, which I always had a lot of fun at. I don't know, like, elementary school was super strange. And I, I was just talking to my grandmother today, and she just brought this up out of nowhere. <clears throat> she was like, you know, you've always been so such a nervous person since third grade. I just had a lot of anxiety in elementary school, you know, but it was like, more so because I was going to a Christian school, a Southern Baptist school, and they were, like, telling me I was going to hell every, like, five seconds, you know? So yeah. I just... Just, be, just because or because just of because. something you did? You sneezed in church. You're going to hell. I mean, I was... Yeah. Well, it was more like, if you have any bad thoughts, you're going to hell, which is, you know, really complicated to think. And then if you don't ask for forgiveness before you go to sleep, you're going to hell. So I was dealing with angels and demons. I could not deal with third graders as well. It's just way too much, you know? So, um, so that's why I was playing a lot of My Little Pony. That's what I played with. No video games, but My Little Pony was yes. where it's at for me. I, I can uh, relate on only one level, and that is that I distinctly remember the My Little Pony movie um, and the only line I remember, I mean, I remember the premise pretty well, but I only re recall one moment of that which was a song of where there was a lyric that said, so you want to find a home? How about the Astrodome? Which tied in sports. So, so you can relate to the Astrodome portion of it. Of course, you can't relate to my aspect of my little Tyler, let, 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 me, let me ask you this. So third, that was third grade. Uh, and Hold on, I had a My Little Pony thing. Oh, go ahead, go okay. ahead. We rented it at some point, and my mom returned it, and they said, the Blockbuster said we didn't return it, and they wanted to charge us 80 bucks for it. 80 bucks for a VHS tape? Of My Little Pony. Yeah, they couldn't get a new one. <laughs> right, like that's, I, I get the, okay, I understand, yeah, the, if you lose the tape, they have to replace it, but... A replacement VHS should be like what, fifteen bucks? I guess so, but Blockbuster's uh, trying to get that money from you. Oh, but they failed. That's why they went out of business. It was that okay, eighty bucks. Let's not make fun of Blockbuster. They're struggling, guys. They're going through it. <laughs> let me ask you guys. I was, always, oh. I was always really happy that my mom. My mom let me play with My Little Pony Trolls. Yeah, um, I remember Trolls. Know, I had a been full of trolls and i really did believe in their magic you know but my mom in that way was super cool she never like made me feel weird about it or anything right. you know like i always liked storm if i was gonna get an action figure it had to be storm or something like that you know <laughs> i just awesome. missed everything pop culture at 100 <laughs> percent. i i had these stick people that i had made and those were my main dolls what were their I mean, names? I mean, I was a creepy kid. I well, you're from Nebraska. You're from like you're, you're a child of the corn. Yeah, I was just gonna ask if you had corn husk <laughs> dolls. <laughs> okay, well that is a root stereotype, and low blow husk doll, and it was for decoration. <laughs> let me let me ask a very specific question, and that and you guys could uh, take turns, uh, obviously, as you will. Um, so the sixth grade that I went to school was the, I was saying that that was the highest grade. In most cases, a lot of middle schools have fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, and then uh, whatever the case may be, I assume maybe that was the way with you, Tyler, with your school, and likewise yes. with you, Claire? 
I was really confused when you said that. Yeah, yeah no, some I, schools, I know, yeah, because, like, uh, the schools I went to, elementary stopped at fifth, and then middle school started at six. I know some districts, everybody, that division was always a little bit different depending on where you were, and you... Right. Oh, I, I, I saw. I, I should have prefaced. Um, my elementary school, for the reason that, the way that was, the, dis- the district was <laughs> created, was all the schools in the, di- all the elementary schools in the district were K through 12. Or sorry, K sorry K through six, and then the junior high was seventh and eighth grade. Yeah, mine was the same way. Yeah. So that being said, sixth grade for you guys may have been a lot different because you weren't necessarily top of the totem pole in your um, in your school. Is that correct? Well, let me yeah, let me give you a little advice about what I did to change my life. Um, so I was not the coolest person when I was younger, <clears throat> and then I don't remember sixth or seventh grade or eighth grade or something i i shaved off all my hair and then it was like night and day you know just the haircut can do everything for your life and so then i was cool after that wow for like one year yeah you know what i mean it's like i knew a person who got like a haircut and a chin job and like they were from being a geek to being great. Wait, so. wait, r- r- wait, backtrack. A chin job? You can get a chin, yeah, you can get implants in your yeah. chin to make to like was make your a, jawline. Was it a uh, enhancement or a, a chinectomy? <laughs> you know. <laughs> sorry. A chinectomy? Yeah. That you, should be the name of a like an old like a really obscure. I got town a, I got a chinectomy synecdoche. <laughs> <laughs> Claire, what was your sorry? Just before we get too off topic, um, Claire, what was your situation? Where were you standing in middle school, fifth grade, sixth grade, notwithstanding? Okay, I got a lot lost, but I know that sixth grade was still elementary school for us. So seventh grade was when we moved into middle school. Got it. And that was a tough transition. That was extremely painful at the time. Like looking back, it should have been no big deal. And I feel like opposite of Tyler, I think a hairdo ruined my life. Uh oh, what I, hairdo? It is a make or break situation. It's a make or break situation. I was uh, what I thought was a big fan of the Chicago Bulls, but I don't think I ever saw one game ever. So I begged and begged for a bowl cut because I couldn't hear the difference between bowl and bowl. Mm. So I got this. I got this bowl cut that was a disaster. And I kept getting mistaken for a boy. So I was like, all right, well, we need to make this more feminine. So my parents permed it. Ooh. And I had this afro, and I just, it just ruined my, I got beat up the next day on the bus by James Cole. I'm not changing his name because you deserve it, James. (laughs) Take that, James. Wherever you are in the world, James Cole. (laughs) Yes. That's such a good name, though, James Cole. It's a strong I'm name. not protecting the guilty. That's not my life. I have a wine bottle with James Cole's name. I hope it's he's not the same person. Probably not. You send that to me. You send that to me. I'll send you what a photo. I wanna, what I do want to say, though, um, about it was I went to a school from elementary to 12th grade with all the same people. There were, like, 60 people in my class. It's a very small school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it was really, like, once your reputation had been set, you kind of could not break out of that. And it was a, like, depending on how much money you had, because I went to a private school as well. Um, and I'm not recommending everyone get a fierce haircut, but I do think that it can help. And even <laughs> if, 
I, I definitely think that being in school with the same people for too long, it, it, your reputation does become hard to break out of. And that transition from sixth grade into seventh or eighth into ninth is the, your opportunity to like reinvent and get that haircut. I also had a bowl cut and it worked for me and then stopped working for me. There so was a I magic had, moment when I the had, bowl cut just stopped yeah, being a good yeah, idea. Yeah, it stopped. Well, <clears throat> it was around the like, uh, you know, the prime uh, skateboard years when the like slightly longer bowl cut with the center part thing was like the thing that was happening and it started working. And then once it got down past like my chin, then I started getting asked if I was a girl and then I had to cut it way shorter. I actually have a, while, while we're telling haircut stories, I have a fantastic haircut story. Uh, when I was in, this is a two-parter when I was in seventh grade, I went in, the week before my private school interviews, I went and dyed my hair bright fire engine red, even though my mother told me not to. Nice. Because in my beautiful 12-year-old logic, totally thought I could go to the drugstore and buy color yeah. remover and get it out and nobody would ever find out. My, my hair, oh, no. my hair change my from sixth to seventh was also very bright red. Yeah. Um, and, and it totally just didn't work. And so my mom took me to the hairdresser and had her chop it all off. So just a short pixie cut and they stripped as much of the red out as they could, but it left sort of this faded not quite cotton candy but like a dull pink oh, awesome. not like a neon pink because this was also right around the time that pink was doing her thing and Gwen Stefani was going through the pink hair phase not like a hot right. pink but sort of like this faded like construction paper that had been out in the sun kind of pink huh it was all very Anna Green Gables of you, and I love it. <laughs> and I've actually read all eight of the Anna, Anna Green Gables books, which I think we have discussed before on the show. The boys were keep bragging. The boys were stunned to find out that there was more than one. Uh, oh my gosh, it's a series. It's I know, amazing. I know. Anyway, so the haircut it was it was not a good look for me, and it was traumatic enough in seventh grade. Having of course everybody started calling me pink, just trying to poke at me, making fun of me, whatever, it was not a great look for me. And then in eighth grade, ended up starting a new school. And by then, the color had come out, but it was still growing out this pixie cut. And there was actually a rumor somebody started that I was actually a boy. Oh, that, my God. Right. That there was this rumor going around in eighth grade when I was the new kid that I was secretly a dude. Were you uh, publicly very tall at that point? I've grown two inches since I was 13. Okay. Wow. I'm almost 5'10 now. I mean, I was 5'7 oh. when I was 12 years old. I've just been, okay. yeah, I grew really young and it took everybody else a couple of years to catch up. Uh, so that was, that. yeah, that was a fun one. I was the height of my awkward phase. My awkward phase was quite prolonged. But. I feel you. <laughs> I'm not, my, my, my seventh grade haircut story is not going to be long. Let's just say that uh, of all the odd choices that I had for hair was... The fact that I decided to get an E shaved in the back of my head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that did not last long. I let that grow out pretty quickly because I realized it was probably the stupidest thing I'd ever done. I was but, very bold. At the time. Claire, yeah. when you were talking about the bulls, the bull cut, I thought that's where you were going and you were going to say you had like a like 33 for Scottie Pippen shaved in the back of your head or something. I was I like a shump now or something, a shump. And I'm not sure I could have told you that Scottie Pippen was number 33. I mean, I was not a fan. It was just like my desperate attempt. I <laughs> hope he was number 33 because I don't remember exactly, but I think that's what he was. The yeah. clips that... I say, well, yeah, while we're talking about that transition from <laughs> elementary to middle school, we I think we all, or a lot of us anyways, had that sort of overnight class trip your last year of elementary school. I had a feeling that this was going to be my last year uh, in public school at this rate, even though it had just begun. 
I, I was fortunate to go on this trip at the beginning of the year. It was like late September, maybe like early October. In there, there is a clip that we have, which is a little uh, long at the tooth, and it's more kind of a, a diary. I wish that we could play it, but it's so disjointed, and there's so much going on. There's like a lot of sort of undeveloped testosterone and puberty that's going on about in these clips uh, as documented from the sounds from a recorder going on what's happening in the bathroom you know boys fighting uh, people being depressed that it's raining um, somewhere along the line I got my clothes stolen while I was taking a shower and I, I remember it very your, well your dread from the previous clip was proven right in that your, instant. You're to read about the sixth grade year. Everybody had went to the cafeteria. I remember this very well. They had gone to the cafeteria and I was afraid of taking a shower along with other boys around me. So I specifically waited until everybody went to the cafeteria and I figured, oh, okay, I'll just take a quick shower. So that I, was your downfall because then if if you'd done it with everyone else, then you could have stolen someone else's clothes. I, I was not really comfortable being uh, naked around other... Oh, really? Yeah, a, a, anybody, <laughs> really. Yeah, so wait, wait. wait. That, that's not normal at all Chil- for pu- pu- pubescent 12 children. Yeah, pubescent children were or 12-year-olds or... Yeah, yeah. Insecure about Insec- their bodies. Insec- yeah. Well, well, the thing was is that um, you, have to, you have to get the picture here is, is that... You have the bathroom. I don't. I don't want to picture you and your other. Naked I don't friends. ask you to picture that. <laughs> I'm asking you to picture the bathroom in terms of the fact that the way that they did it was you had the shower and then in between the shower and the like the sink, like the main area where people walked around, was a little changing area. So yeah, I figured, oh, okay, I'm safe. So I put my clothes on the. I, I made the mistake of hanging my clothes up on the the doorway to the changing area. So I remember I was in the shower singing Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers. (laughs) (laughs) As we all were. Perfect. Yeah, I I was singing the song just sort of unassuming that anybody was there. And then I heard my people walking in and I saw that my clothes after I got out of the shower were gone. And I started freaking out. I was like, oh, my God, what's, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And then in a mocking way, there were kids that I didn't know who they were because I couldn't see them. I heard kids mocking, saying, I love you like I did that day. Take me to the place I love. Man, that's so brutal. The way. Did, you was... have, did you at least have a towel while this was going on? No. I, oh, you were completely um, – I, I had nothing. I my clo- So – and then what ended up happening was is that I had to wait in the shower, and I was just so freaked out and frightened because I had no idea how I was going to get out of this. I hadn't figured it by now that the entire class knew about this, and I just had to sort of own it. And then the this teacher, um, her name was Mrs. Sober, which I thought was the funniest name for any teacher. That's still that is just a funny last Mrs. name. Mrs. Sober was the special ed teacher, and she uh, went on the trip as well. And so she came in, and she was like, um, "Okay, well, um, I- I'll leave. I'll make sure that nobody comes in. Uh, just you know, get your clothes, and please, you know, get to the cafetorium as soon as possible." So I was like, "Okay." So you know, I hustled out and got my clothes on and I sort of remember it not being as dramatic as this but I do very much remember walking in everybody's there eating already and I just had 
very pointed, ah, ha, ha, like laughs at me, ah, ha, 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 like, you know. Yeah, everyone, that's like the classic nightmare. Everybody turns like, and points and laughs at once. But it, at it, least it, you it, got it, to have clothes on it, at that it, point. Yeah, exactly. But it, it definitely happened. So and that, it, that it, didn't get documented, but a few things did. I'm going to, let's let's actually play the, the threat yeah, clip first. Okay, we're going to play that one first? Sure. Yeah. It, it seemed like you uh, took your tape recorder with you and tried to force a confession out of anybody that you could talk to. That okay. happened too, but we'll get to that second. <laughs> no, let's get to that one. Okay. Hi, this is what, um, we are, we're just uh, hanging out here. Um, I uh, just sit here. Yes, yeah, it's Tuesday, and it's on uh, the Shokan trip. This is a day that I'll be never forget. Bye. Uh, uh, you know, guys, I'll let you listen to this, but I'll let, I'll let the girls listen to my recordings if some if you don't tell who, you know, who did it. So are, are you asking them to tell you who did it or asking them not to? I don't... Are you trying to get... Are you trying see, to entice them to... This is like the weird thing about this. It's because there's no set audience. We, we talked about this uh, last episode talked, with Becca, yeah. that... With the Danziger Zone, there was never supposed to be a set audience. And God forbid if anybody uh, uh, in my class a- ever actually got a hold of the tape. But I guess I'm just sort of speaking from the mind, very, as you can hear, very distraught and distracted. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say, but clearly the theme of my um, noggin was saying, I'm going to let the girls listen to this uh, if you guys don't fess up to who did this kind of thing i think that's all it okay was. so you were threatening the men that you were going to let the girls listen to the yeah tape okay now i understand because i had been recording as i had mentioned all the stuff with the boys in the sure. bunk so I okay so yeah you had you had record of all of the awful things 12 year old boys say when they think nobody's listening uh-huh yeah so and did that work no no the, nothing ever came of that nothing this was the danziger zone did not play any role in sort of evidence of anything because there wasn't any evidence. until now until now until now until now um but then i when i went was in the cafeteria uh i'm pretty sure that clip was while we were at the cafetorium uh i don't even know if there's a fucking difference between the two of them the cafetorium had the station and doubled as an auditorium Oh, okay. No, then uh, whatever. It was a cafeteria. It, it, the the slop house, <laughs> chow hall, a chow hall. The so in in that clip you uh, referred to it was it show camp? Is that what you called it? Showcan. Showcan. Okay. That's the that was the name of the clip. Uh, sorry, that was the name of the camp. I should say. Okay. I was uh, in listening to them uh, preparing for the show. I was I kept thinking you were saying show camp. So I thought this was for like performers of some kind. Yeah. Uh, Jazz hands. Uh, that was a misunderstanding in, on my part. In upstate New York, uh, there's the Hudson Valley has a lot of little pockets to visit. And uh, the Ashokan Reservoir is one of the reservoirs that gives water to New York City, etc. And there's all these little uh, hickish towns around there like Olive Bridge. Uh, Boom, and, in your face, Olive Bridge. <laughs> Boom, yeah. anybody, if anybody at Olive Bridge listens to our show, they just got dissed. Boom, roasted. Shokan, Boyceville. <laughs> and so the... Uh, we love you, Olive Bridge. <laughs> Shokan was yeah, a... Shokan loves you. Show, and so the Shokan campsite, uh, which uh, is where this is taking place. So in this next clip, I try and uh, get 
some information from one of my friends who really didn't deserve it because he had nothing to do with it. But who was I to know? The investigation continues. The investigation con- does continue. You be the judge. Hi, this is Mom. And I'm just here, and I got that. Eric. But he's all right. He's, he understands. Right? He, he knows what he did that was wrong. Am I right, Bobby? I don't know what the hell he's talking about, but I didn't take his clothes for one thing. The microphone's on the top. It is? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that makes it a little easier for me to talk. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I did not take his clothes, and Ben's coming over with some hot dogs. So I'm going to eat. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Hot dogs were more exciting than finding oh, out man. who took your who took your clothes. Yep. Why was your friend? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he, I, he's he, amazing. Yeah, he doesn't really want to be uh, involved in the podcast. It's fine. He's 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 a good sport because he's been on this show um, in some form or another. His twelve year old self has been played many a time, but he, he yeah. totally had nothing to do with it. Uh, one of his friends did, and it's all small potatoes now. But. Yeah, he's no snitch, we can see. Correct. I mean, which was very important as a kid. I mean, we went so, on a similar trip when I was in fifth grade, which was my last year of elementary school. We went to Rock Eagle, which was like the camp. It was one of those campsite ropes course team building. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, like two or three day similar style kind of school trips. And I don't think we pulled off any, I don't think anybody played any really awesome or crazy or weird pranks. I th- Well, actually, I think one of the, one of the guys bunks. We had three cabins of boys and three cabins of girls. One of the cabins of boys um, went into one of the other girls' cabins at one point. I think like went looking for a bra or something like that. But I think that was ex- as extreme as we got on our trip. We had a, a similar one, but uh, yeah, uneventful. Except that there was a uh, like a vent that went between the two bunks, yeah. so we could talk to each other, but no one was saying anything. Just like, oh, hey man, we can we can hear each other. Uh, yeah, it was nothing important was happening. I can't remember a lot about elementary school except for like the trauma and I don't remember I don't really remember going on any field trips like overnight camps or anything like that we didn't do that until like seventh and eighth grade sure and and I didn't really have anything too awkward except for my senior year of I was you know kind of at the end of the year you know we're graduating so we can be a little free I guess but anyway um I don't know I was I was having like this come to Jesus moment and I was like telling my friends like, oh, you guys, like I'm bisexual. And it was like really, you know, a thing. So anyway, we're do- we're at this church camp, like it's Southern Baptist. And for whatever reason, I can't remember, I think they were doing some performance or whatever. They had like a devil's mask because it was the good versus the evil. And so I had, I saw this devil's mask lying around and I put it on while people were like hanging out and I started like running through the hall being like, I'm Satan. And like, oh, Jesus, you know, <laughs> I know, but what I, I'm getting to the point of, you know, this was just me trying to connect with my other friends, you know, cause it was like, I don't know. That was my most awkward thing. I think people, I love it. what was, the, what was the uh, end all of that? I can only imagine. The end all was just me being like, I don't remember. You know what I mean? I'm <laughs> I need to workshop that story. A there were bit there more. were no repercussions that you could recall. You know, at that point yeah, had you stopped giving a fuck at that point? Was it just like a Yeah screwing with you people? Because you're about to graduate and I think at, at that point it was like let's just 
be funny. Like, why can't you laugh at that? You know what I mean? Why are you being so uptight? Like, yeah, you're I, the one that I remember my weird. college acceptance letter being my free pass to do whatever the fuck I wanted for about you know? six months. But in elementary, I was really worried about going to hell. So I didn't really do too many, like, sneaking out or anything like that. Certainly no devil mask wearing. Claire? Yeah, that was until high school. I didn't have... So the camp I went to was every summer for a week. It was an outdoors camp. And it was Lutheran-based. So I don't remember there being a lot of, like, killer pranks. I always fell in love at camp. That was kind of my thing. Hmm. I would always fall desperately in love and then come back and not know what to do with myself without this person. And probably the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me at camp, the most awkward, would be I went bobbing for apples one time on the first day because we were just getting to know each other, so bobbing (laughs) for apples. Duh. Obviously. A great icebreaker. Lutherans, Lutherans really know how to party. <laughs> and I came up and I noticed that I must not have washed any of the shampoo out of my hair because no. I've made the whole barrel so soapy and bubbly that they couldn't bob for apples anymore. <laughs> and even now, like I'm sweating telling that story because that was like the most embarrassing thing that could happen in eighth grade is not know how to take care of yourself. <laughs> and I ended up lying to everybody. I was like, Listen, I have this leave-in conditioner, and it's so good for your hair, and this is what it does. That's, I don't, That's a good true. cover. That's I thought it actually, like, that was pretty pretty fast for old Meyer. It was a mess, but I still had two boyfriends that week before I left, so you just move on. Yeah. I bet you didn't have dandruff either. <laughs> yeah, dandruff would have been worse. Dandruff would have been worse, exactly. This was just... Oh, man, I don't know. I feel like I do this as an adult, too, where I'm just like, I did everything, and I forget to wash out all the shampoo and conditioner. I'm just a daydreamer. I'm a a terrible daydreamer, and I forget important steps a lot of times. I've forgotten to wash the conditioner or rinse the conditioner out of my hair before. It happens. No, the the only thing I have close to that is that sometimes I'll space out and I'll put the face wash in my hair and i'm just like no 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 what are you doing ah it's all all over again it's all the same it'll work it'll clean (laughs) it exactly once uh on a field trip to uh colonial williamsburg during my period of having hair down to roughly i don't know my chin or so i accidentally went in the women's bathroom did anybody notice uh yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, a, a lady that was in there looked at me weird and I was I looked at her weird like what are you doing in the men's bathroom and then I oh. went yeah and then a few minutes later or probably a few seconds there was girls from my class in the bathroom and I could hear them talking and I was like oh shit what do I do <laughs> so I tried I waited as long as I could until I thought all of them were out of the bathroom and I was like alright I'm gonna sneak the fuck out of here and I came out, and there was two of them still standing right there, looking right, like, directly at me. And I was like, I'm sorry, I thought this was the men's bathroom. And then I ran out. And no one said a thing to me. And I was, like, scared the whole rest of the trip that, like, my life was over. And the only uh, at lunch, like, a week later, someone said, oh, I heard you accidentally went in the women's bathroom. That sucks. And I was like, I got yeah. away with it. I got <laughs> scot-free. And I was the fucking I'm king of the world. It. <laughs> well, I, I, it clearly uh, you're you were not in the wrong. You I didn't have, do it on purpose. Exactly. but man, I was so just terrified. But I, I think that speaks to the sort of that fear you have right in those middle school years of making a social faux pas or making like doing something wrong, being embarrassed, 
that you're just there's this hyper awareness of I also just didn't want them to think I was weird and like doing it on purpose. Well, that's the thing too, like being them. weird, like that your reputation or your sort of that. I'll, I'll tell you something. I, in eighth grade, this is kind of going forward a little bit more than I want to, but fuck it. Eighth grade Montreal trip on a field trip in Montreal. Oh, you went to Canada. We went to Canada. First time in Montreal. Had a blast for the most part. I remember I made a journal and I incidentally was looking through this journal and seeing, you know, what I was talking about at the time and, you know, what sites I was making note of and the I was talking I had a girlfriend at the time too, which was interesting being on a field trip while being in the first relationship if you can call it that at the time but i remember there was a time where we were all just sort of relaxing in a sort of public area and really just you know it was a nice day and this girl that i liked was lying down um um with her you know with her very large behind <laughs> to be slapped i can't i can't <laughs> Doug, trying to so trying to so hard, so hard to get through the story and and I did not do this, but somebody did and blamed me for slapping this girl's ass. Oh and my God. it was like the most horrific thing that ever happened to me. Like that sealed my fate for eighth grade and I did nothing. You were it the was, ass slapper. I was the ass slapper and I was and I just happened to be close by that I could be placed blame. You were dating a girl with a giant butt and I no, got, that I got was taken dating a girl, away from you? I was dating a girl Oh, I misunderstood who, the story. I, yeah, I not, a different was, girl. This I was, I was, this was your girlfriend's girl. butt. No, this is a girl that I that I was like, oh, this is. I remember writing in my journal, being like, this girl is cute. She's really cool. I look forward to being more friends with her. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, right. And then she <laughs> totally hated me for the rest of the year because her girlfriend was the one who slapped her butt, and I was not the one. But and I tried profusely explaining myself, but could not, for the life of me, make a case because everybody was having it out for me that I was the ass slapper. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where to really go from there. Uh, you know. Around like eighth grade is when you like start hiding your boners and like your waistbands. You know? <laughs> but it's true though. It really is true. You, you have to conceal your boners constantly once you're in a new school, much less uh, you know, at that age. I, I, I learned about that concept from the show Roseanne because DJ had that problem. And really? then Dan and his friends were talking about it, and they were like, I just put a book in front of it. <laughs> and someone else says, well, I, I'm an untucker. And he's like, I used to be an untucker until I discovered books. <laughs> it's, <laughs> and it was a, a good moment. And I was like, yeah, I bet both of those methods would work. One of my guy friends said his, his favorite method was he, cause he always wore, would always wear a hoodie. Is you just sort of pull, the, use, put the hoodie pocket in front of it? Kind yeah, of? hands in the pocket kind of Hands in the pocket kind of like the hoodie pocket low. Sure, sure. These are all valid yeah, methods. Oh, so these are problems I never had, though. <laughs> the ten, if the top. Anyone sees that boner, you're over with. Top ten ways to conceal boner. Here we go. <laughs> Number ten. <laughs> <laughs> do we have, do we have another clip? Or we have, are we ready? We to have move one on? more clip. Indeed. Um, so another just quick context for the record. There was a clip that we also didn't feel the need to play because it's also another kind of a little longer than necessary clip where I. In the spirit of our first episode, interviewing people with my good friend Brooks Rocco, uh, kids in the fifth grade about what they wanted to be when they grew up, I figured I would take the act solo on the Shokan camp field trip on the bus ride over there and ask people what they thought about going to 
the campsite because apparently it was that big of a deal in my mind. So <laughs> on the way back, I just sort of had to, as a good documentarian, have to seal the deal and sort of put some closure to it. And that's what the clip represents. So this is the bus ride back. This is when we, as soon as we got back. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Following up with people about their thoughts from the trip. Well, here we go. This is uh, a... <laughs> We are back at the school, safe and sound, awesome, famous, popular now that we've gone on this awesome showcase trip. God, I just love show. I just love being famous. Don't you guys? Famous? We love not we're famous. Not famous. Come with you fool. <laughs> this has been a Prodigy Zone. Another. Now we went to a show camp, we made we made all sorts of stuff. We made brooms, we made these brooms to sweep with and broom shop, and we made fire pokers and blacksmith. There's just the only one person that, that, that didn't get to do the blacksmith and the broom. And that was Sean because she had to leave home sick. This is poor 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 Sean. She didn't get to do it. This has been a dancer zone. Poor Sean, she totally missed out on my clothes getting stolen and to, making brooms and fire pokers. Had to go. What was that squ- was squealing sound you were making? The segment, feedbacky thing. Whenever I had like a, a breaking bulletin, I called it a Woo! of the Danziger zone. Like it wasn't an actual worry. It was just like a sound. Right. You're trying to you're trying to hear for that that sort of alert sound tone. Yeah. Okay. Whoa, like I, I thought you were editing yourself. Like it was supposed to be like you were cussing. Like this has been the. Please. No, they're from New York. They cuss all the time, Claire. You know I, what? I just thought that we were trying something new, and I liked it. <laughs> None of us are actually from New York City. It's just... Uh... You know, in actuality, looking back at it, it and listening to that clip, it, it reminds me that I didn't whistle at all. I didn't know. I couldn't whistle because I had these front teeth that were so far apart that not until I had braces and got them off was I able to whistle. Can you whistle now? I, I still say so. I could whistle perfectly now. I, I still can't whistle. Whistling to an annoying degree, in fact. I remember when I got my braces off and I started whistling so much that I was probably, I, someone was going to go postal on me. But uh, I couldn't whistle at all when it was in sixth grade, so I think it would be a, this is a, of the Danziger Zone. Like, hey, check it out. News bulletin, news flash. We just got back from a show, Canada. We are celebrities. We're awesome because we're cool sixth graders who just went on the trip. Yeah, that's I just cool. love being famous. I mean, that's the best line I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> I think we would have been friends. I would have been right there, your sidekick, your co-host. You know, I I, I always needed co-hosts. Uh, the 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 venue, the, the rather the outlet for a, a show. A radio show that was on the road, taking it in um, to school, on the bus, at the campsite, on a field trip. There was never a uh, there was never a place I shied away from as long as I wasn't going to get in trouble from my parents or a teacher uh, with the Danziger Zone. So, um, you know, my my uh, my my awkward phase was the Danziger Zone, and I guess that is a good way to tie it in because if there's anything I could use to describe my awkward phrase it's not a photo but just everything that goes on in three years <laughs> and 50 tapes worth of audio that's awesome 
I'm so glad that you did that. I wish I would have all those shapes, you know, like. You guys never recorded anything at all when you were younger? You know what? The one thing I recorded is I thought I was a fantastic singer. So I wanted to get a recording of me singing My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Okay. Wow. So I recorded it on my little pink cassette tape and I played it back to me and I was like, dear God, no. (laughs) And it was just like, it was terrifying. I, I have a terrible singing voice, which I know now and learned through that, and that's the only recording I think I have of like me as a kid. I think I deleted it. I don't think there are any recordings of me as a child. I don't know what I was doing. Probably playing with My Little Pony. Most of the time, or Care Bear. I forgot to tell you guys I played with lots of Care Bears, but um, I did too. We're a busy we're, we're, man, we're... Tyler. So, in terms of like what you guys get for your contributions, uh, photos and and stories, notwithstanding. Uh, the, your, your site is very visual, and so what you guys couldn't provide on tapes, you certainly may be able to find people to you know, involve themselves with videos. And do you get a lot of video submissions? We, when we were talking about the bar mitzvah, he's called the bar mitzvah, sure. it was um, a video that they had, and then they took stills from that video and sent it in. So, um, and then we, we did kind of, we definitely would accept a video. We accept anything, but I don't think we've gotten any any old footage. We haven't, which is odd. But, you know, it's so hard. I mean, you're so lucky. It's so hard for people to even find old photos of them. Because, like, oh, we'll try to do it when we go home, and they can't place them. So to have something like that so ready is just awesome. You guys and uh, we share a very similar problem, which is, is that uh, just like you guys, just like we need our submissions in terms of audio, you know, you guys will always be needing uh, submissions. Where should people go if they want to write a letter to their awkward phase? Well, they can visit theawkwardphase.tumblr.com and then they can email us at myawkwardphase, and that's phase with a Z, <laughs> at, g- <laughs> yes. at gmail.com. And, you know, we haven't gotten any videos, but we got, we've gotten poetry, old poems, we had some pretty Ricky fan fiction that someone gave us. Um, mix CD playlists, diary entries, drawings, you know, anything that people feel is kind of representative of, of that phase of their life, I would say. Melissa? What, what, what were segwaying segwaying to me for? Oh, because I'm looking at you for your old journal entries. Uh, yeah, they exist. My life. <laughs> okay, we, we, you and I have actually talked about real life off air and how things have been crazy for me right now. Um, but yes, my live journal still exists. The live journal I kept from seventh grade, like for like six years, like seventh grade through the freshman year of college was all on one live journal at one point. Those archives still exist, and one of these days we will throw them up on our website, or or se- or I will send them to y'all. I, that's a I've actually the thing is those live journal. It's more day in the life of. I think I had things I would submit to awkward phase or more compact stories, cohesive narrative kind of things. Fair, right? Um, that's a, that sounds really good. We got something from this Tumblr user called Malgoth. It's kind of like live journal. Yes, about I saw got. the journal cover and it was so brilliant. Yes, Malgoth is my inspiration. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, a, she's just still writing about being a Malgoth, and now she's getting people like sending not not now, but she has people sending her messages and stuff because of her site. It's really good. I like how like the little like uh, sort of uh, whatever the the sprites, they're all. They all have to have their hands behind their back. Like, it's like... Do you know how hard it is to draw hands and when you were in, like, seventh grade trying to doodle these things on the covers of shit? <laughs> that doesn't make any 
excuse? No, that was totally the cop out. That's how you did it, though. Like, I remember that phase of drawing and being that age. Like, that's how you did it to get away from drawing hands. You just kind of like tucked them behind their back. Everybody had those little. It makes them look innocent. Everybody even if they little, have devil horns. Everybody on had those like little bashful. pointed out, exactly. like diamond elbow figure thing going on. But that's how that's how you got out of drawing hands. So she, yeah, you about to say. Oh. I was just going to say, it's so interesting that we're talking about the drawings is because now she grew up to be an illustrator and she illustrates for Rookie online. So it's like, that's a perfect example about how like doing something when you're younger that, you know, can kind of turn into something as you're older if you let it, if you let yourself be awkward and stuff that. Just sort of tying it all in. Would you have ever seen yourselves at this stage of your life taking what you had from your childhood and using it? A, a way to let others it, effectively like us get embarrassed with you <laughs> you know for me i would have to say no because those times were i've wanted to burn all the photos that i've now shown to the internet you know what i mean and so for me it was a really good way to think about my humor and like laughing at myself because for a long time i wasn't willing to laugh at myself so i think being able to share that with people has been so amazing for me because it's just great to hear people laugh and well and I don't want to speak for Tyler but I will definitely say that I was not the first brave person in this project I shared a photo that was easy to share and a story that was easy to share and then people responded in kind was sending us these very personal very personal stories and that made it easier for me as a co-creator to feel comfortable sharing like they allowed that space and we are just trying to do the same for others now. But I feel like, I feel like others gave me permission before I gave them permission. And that's one of the great things about this project is it's kind of a community. It's, it's beyond just Tyler and I, which has been really awesome. That's yeah. uh, an amazing way to wrap it all up. And uh, with that, I think we should thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, Awkward phase is outstanding. And thank you both for so much for being on the show with us and being awesome and hanging out with us. Is there anything else you guys want to plug real quick besides your website and whatnot? I think we both want to plug our personal Twitters because that's who we are. Yep. Um, The only thing that I really want to plug is that we are trying to just, people have talked to me about the fact that they feel like they're like, they don't want to submit because they're not going to be funny you know, because, mm-hmm. and we've been lucky to have really funny people, but we've also really worked with people and workshop stuff. And so when people tell me that, it's like, it doesn't have to be funny either. And we'll work, work with people. So we just really hope that everyone will feel like they can submit because people will be like, oh, I didn't know if you wanted this or whatever. And it's like, come on, just send it to us. Let's have a laugh. You know, it's, it's going to be good. I thought it wasn't yeah. supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be honest. It's supposed to be honest. And if your honesty kind of has humor in it, then that's great. You know, like, because I kind of deal with stuff like that with humor. But if it doesn't, that's fine, too. And a lot of it that actually makes it funny beyond people, whatever their humor is, is like something being so relatable is always going to be funny. Like something that you can so easily relate to. Not always funny, but you can usually get a good chuckle out of it. Like I wore the same horrendous windsuit and I thought it was terrible at the time in my life. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thanks. It's been you. Have fun having you guys around. Pl- plug your personal Twitters uh, quickly before you head out. Now I feel too much pressure. I can't do it. I, no, you can. You. It so, doesn't have to be quickly. Oh, okay. At Tyler MTG. 
And I have, mine is at we fought about, and it's just my boyfriend and I post the catalyst to all of our fights. That's nice. outstanding. Awesome. Great. Thank, thank you guys so much. Oh my thank goodness. Thank you. you guys. Claire, Tyler, you guys are wonderful, wonderful people that uh, we certainly will have to have on the show again. We'd thank love that. We love it. Um, we're going to go into a clip and it's sort of a, <clears throat> a piece of found audio, if you will, that I found this past weekend at my grandmother's house. Uh, and this is Nintendo Power Tips for Super Mario Brothers. Lost and rewound. Hi, Power Players. Listen up, and we'll provide you with tips for some of your favorite NES game packs. You may want to grab a pencil and a piece of paper, or wait to write them down until the next time you listen. First, I have some valuable continue codes for you. Follow the directions closely, and you'll be able to start your game from where you finished or close to it. Here we go. In Super Mario Brothers, when the screen reads game over, hold down the A button, and then press start. In Gradius, as soon as your last ship is destroyed, quickly push down, then up on the control pad, and then B-A-B-A-B-A-B-A, start after game over. For Ikari Warriors, right after you lose your last man, quickly press A-B-B-A, and your character will reappear. This one also works for Ikari Warriors 2, Victory Road. In Hudson's Adventure Island, find the bee hidden inside the egg at the end of stage one, and you'll gain the ability to continue. Just hold right on the control pad and press start. Here's another powerful tip we've discovered that works on both Life Force and Contra. Follow along closely for the key to getting 30 extra men or spaceships. When the title screen appears, press up twice, down twice, then left, right, left, right on your control pad. Then press B, A, and start. Presto, you start the game with 30 lives, and each time you continue, you'll receive 30 new lives. And for our grand finale, we're going to tell you how to enter a whole new ring in Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. You can earn your title a brand new way by entering the pass key 135 dash 702 dash 468 leave the last digit blank then press and hold the a b and select buttons at the same time i know you'll find these tips helpful as well as all the great game info in every issue of nintendo power these great Nintendo Power Tips were brought to you by Nintendo Serial System. You'll find insider info like this and much more in every issue of Nintendo Power, the source for NES players straight from the pros. Nintendo! 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 This episode of Lost and Rewound is hosted by Alon Danziger. Doug Johnson and Melissa Lloyd and produced by Doug Johnson. Thanks again to Claire and Tyler for hanging out with us tonight. Don't forget to check out the awkward phase over on Tumblr. They're awesome. Stay tuned next month. I think you're going to be very excited about what's going to come up. I'm just going to tease it because I would like to tease, 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 tease. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that, was cra- that was crazy talk, man. Lost and rewound folks. 
Check us out online. You know where to go. And we'll see y'all next month for a new episode. Lost and Rewound. Ha, 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 ha.